I got a word that I want to share with you today, and the truth is, it's really for everybody, but it's about mothers. Uh, the, the passage that I've been thinking about, and I've been thinking about this for a while, it's Psalm 23, and almost preached it last week. And my wife, uh, a few years ago, had all of us in the family memorize Psalm 23, maybe even more than a few years ago, it just seems like a few years ago. And we memorized Psalm 23. And, um, and I'm glad I did because many times it is used when people are in crisis situations to bring hope and bring a word from God. And I've spoken this psalm so many times in difficult situations because it's for people when they're in a, a place of insecurity and they need help and they need to know God is there. Psalm 23 is great. And I was thinking about Psalm 23 because um, I can remember when I was a teenager, I had not gotten my mother a Mother's Day gift. I just didn't get her anything. One Mother's Day. And I can remember that my sister, of course, got her something. I'm not sure if my brothers did. But I can remember later in the afternoon, that Sunday, she was in the, the backyard, and we had a pool, and she was in the pool. And my mom had this ability to float. She just floated. And she was in the pool with a glass of something, and, and she was floating around in the pool. And, 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 uh, and I jumped in the pool with her. And, and, and when I went over, you know, by her, uh, she said, uh, it's okay. It's okay. I said, what's okay? She's like, you, you, didn't, you, didn't, get, you didn't get me anything. You didn't, you, didn't think, you didn't think to get me anything today. I mean, it's okay. Your sister, she got me a box of chocolate and a card and other things, but it's okay. You didn't get me anything. I, I don't care. I don't, I don't mind. My friends, I talked to them, um, and, and their children got them something. You know, all their children got them something. And it's okay that you didn't get me anything. And it's okay that you um, didn't think about it. And, and you know, I, I, I carried you around for nine months. And you were, you were in my belly for nine months with your sister. We didn't even know there were twins there. And, and that's fine. That's fine. Your sister got me something. It's okay that, that I, I, I wiped that little snotty nose a thousand times and changed those diapers for you and took care of you, that I would stay up all night, lay down with you in bed when you had a bad fever and you were having night tears and you needed me there. I was there for you. It's okay you didn't get me anything. It's okay. It's okay because when you were, we, they, were, there were they weren't even making designer cakes. And when you asked for a rabbit for a cake when you were four years old, I made you a blue rabbit cake. And it's okay you didn't get me anything. That I cook your Alfredo sauce and I feed all of your friends and I have done all the wash and I, 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 I cart you and drive you. It's okay you didn't, it's okay you didn't get me anything. Your sister got me. She got me something. And, you know, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about this. One, I never, ever missed another Mother's Day after that. Not because I had to, but because I realized, wow, my mom is really important. I mean, she's given me life, and she's been there and walked me up to this point right here and continues to walk beside me. 
I never missed a Mother's Day after that. But, you know, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about Psalm 23. Because, because David uses the metaphor of a shepherd for God. And, and he says, the, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? Or I lack nothing. And, and I, I, was, I was thinking, you know, that's really what, what moms in many ways do for their children is that they provide whatever they have to make sure their child lacks nothing. That they're the, the first representative of, of God looking into the face of a mom that a person has, that the child has. And so I said, you know, let, let's take a look at this passage of Scripture. And you could probably quote it. It's so very famous, uh, right? It's been quoted uh, especially by people that have been in difficult circumstances, in danger. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's a beautiful psalm. And I just want to focus really on the, the first couple of verses, the first three verses, and one of the things that stands out in this passage of, of Scripture is that, that he knows me. That's what David is saying in this passage. He says the Lord is, is, is not their shepherd, or he, the shepherd of Israel, or the God of Israel. And that's how God is portrayed within the Scriptures, even in Deuteronomy, so many times, right? The God of Israel. The shepherd of, of Israel, and, and through scriptures we see that where it's a, it's a corporate, he's, he's everybody's, right? But in this passage right here, David is saying he's not just everybody's, he's mine. He's my shepherd. The Lord is, is my shepherd. He knows me personally. He knows all about me. And you know, when the shepherd would... And David knows about shepherds because before he became king, he was a shepherd. And the truth is, he couldn't become king until he first passed the test of taking care of sheep, faithful in the little and faithful in the lot. And so, and so David was taking care of sheep. He, he took care of them, and, and, and he knew them, and he, he probably had them named, and he knew the weaknesses of them. He knew the speed of them as the shepherd would walk out in front and lead. And they knew him. They knew his voice. And they knew, they knew when the shepherd would call out. He might even have known the uh, of the sheep. And he might have even named them. He knew them. And what David is saying, he's my shepherd personally. He knows me. 
and I know him. You know what Jesus said in John chapter 10? When Jesus was speaking and he was telling them, hey, I want you to know I'm the good shepherd. And this is what he says in John 10, 1. He says, very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his, listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. There were other sheep in there too, but they knew their shepherd's voice. They wouldn't follow. They wouldn't go to the one that wasn't their shepherd. They went to the shepherd they knew. And it says, and when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus here in the New Testament now is taking the same metaphor and he is using it of himself. And he's saying, I am, I'm the good shepherd. And he's saying that I know each one personally. And I can tell you that our God, the shepherd, he knows each one of us, each one of you. He is not just my shepherd. He is your shepherd as well. And, and you know his voice as you read his word and the spirit of God begins to speak. You know how he leads you and how he moves and he gives you peace on the decisions that you have to make. By his spirit, you know that. And, and it's special for us when you think about it just as a shepherd would know his sheep, just like a, a mother, a mother knows her child. You know, my mom, my mom knew all, all of us and all of our different personalities and how to communicate with each and every one of us. I have a twin sister and I have a younger brother and an older brother. And, and my mom was able to communicate with all of us, but I know I was the favorite. I know because I used to get special snacks I can remember there were times when I was able to stay up late when everybody else was sleeping. I'd stay home from school at times. Of course, I pretended that I was sick. And there would be these special moments with mom. I knew I was the favorite. She'd make special trips to pick me up from a sporting event or some of, from a, a friend's party. I was, I was, I was, I know I was the favorite. At least at that time, I knew I was the favorite. But then once I got older and my brother and my sister started telling me that they, my sister, I was the favorite. My younger brother, Tito, he would say, I, I was the favorite. My older brother. And then they started to tell me the things that mom did for them. And, and I thought to myself, that's exactly what she did for me. And you know what I realized? We were all her favorite. Every one of us, we were all special to her. She was always there. She was our mom, but she was my mom. And that's how God, that's what David is saying here, that our God, 
Our God is, he's, he's the God of all of us. And Jesus even says in, in the New Testament, he says, how do you, when they, someone asks, how do you pray? He says, our Father, he's the Father of all of us. But he knows each of us individually. And each of us know his voice. And each of us know, know when he's calling. And he knows each one of us. And he knows our voice as well. It's what we see in the passage of Scripture. That he's my shepherd. And if I, you've submitted your life to him, and that's the only way it can happen. Submit to him. When he calls you, you surrender yourself and, and you say, God, I want, I want to, I'm going to follow you. It's be, called being a follower of Jesus. We call it being a disciple of Jesus. But I'm going to follow you. But there's a submission that takes place. It's the first thing we see. That he's my shepherd. Second thing that I see here is that he provides for me. Look again what the passage says, and look what it says in, in Psalm 23. And look how uh, he, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. What does he do? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Now we know that it was the shepherd had to take care of the sheep. And there were times when he had to travel a far distance from the homestead so that the sheep could be fed. And it, the best grass on the, on the best slopes. And so as he would lead them and they would follow, they knew he was going to take them to a place where they would be nourished, where they would grow strong because without him there, they were going to eat even poisonous leaves and, and not just one, but one sheep will eat them and then all of the sheep together, one lamb and then all of them and they'd all be sick or all be dead. And so he would lead them to the green pastures and he would, he would lead them to steal waters and it says steal waters because one, they were afraid of the moving water but when they would go by a move, moving water, there was a chance that they might fall in and if they would fall in, all of that wool would make them drown. And so he had to lead them by still waters where they could, where they could drink, not fall in. Not be afraid. And I can tell you that God, he provides for us. And, and, we, and we always think about the material. But, and, and we know it's true that God does provide, provide for us physically. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 6, it's very clear. Jesus says, don't worry. Don't worry. It doesn't mean don't plan. It doesn't mean don't work. It doesn't, doesn't mean don't save. He just says, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or where you're going to live or about clothes. He just says, don't worry. doesn't say, don't plan it and don't work. It doesn't say that. But he says, look at the lilies of the valley. Look, look how beautiful those, those valleys have been dressed by God. And yet they're here only for a short season and then they're burned up and it's gone. How much more important are you? And, and, and think of the birds that, that, that live out there, that little bird, and it's important to God. It's important. It's part of his creation. But think about, compared to a human being, we are created in his image. Jesus has said, I'm going to provide. Don't, don't worry. He's going to provide. 
and, 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 and plan and work and save, but don't you worry about it. Don't make it your biggest priority in life, and that's all you're living for. But I think Jesus gets to, and in that passage, he says something, seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. In other words, think about your spirit, man. Think about your spirit, woman. Think about your, who you are as, as spirit. There's a passage of scripture, and, and, and Jesus addressed this in, in John chapter 6, verse 25. And in John chapter 6, verse 25, this is what, what it says here. Jesus had just fed 5,000 men, but then all of their families as well. So a lot of people got fed that day. And in John chapter 6, starting with verse 25, he, Jesus had taken his disciples, gone to another side of the lake, and this is what it says. It says, when they found him, because all of the people started to find him, they wanted to follow him, they wanted to go to him. And it says, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. So he's saying, you're coming to me, and, and the only reason that you have come here today to me is because you have this physical need, and you want some bread, and you want some fish, and you want some drink. And, and, and what he's, he's saying, that's the only reason you came. And then he goes on to say this. Do not work, verse 27, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. What is he saying? He's saying, don't come to me just for your physical food, but what is more important that grows into eternal life is that your spirit be fed. Come to me for a spiritual food that will never spoil. We need to take care of these physical bodies. You're going to have to eat lunch today. I hope you're taking mom out today. But I want you to know what Jesus is saying and what the psalmist is saying is that he provides the best. And I think more than anything else, when you take a look at this psalm, we can talk about the physical. But in all reality, it points to the spiritual. God provides, he takes us like a shepherd would take his sheep to green grass, like a shepherd would take his sheep to water, to drink. God gives us the word of God, which is like green, good grass to a sheep. The word of God will nourish and strengthen us. And, and, and the water of God and the spirit of God, that, that God has something for us. And, and it even says this, when you think of the, the psalm, right? Right, it's, it says, and that he, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my what? My soul. He restores my soul. What he's saying is that, that God, it, he feeds, the shepherd feeds the spirit man inside of here. That's what God, that's what God wants to do. And my mother fed us and she fed us well and she took care of us and she, she, my mother was a great cook. Not good, great cook. My wife's a great cook. 
My mother, she cooked, and I forgot the name of the lady back in the 60s that was real big and flamboyant type and all over the world, but she cooked with lots of butter. I mean, everything had butter on it. And, and, and my mom was a great, and she fed, and I can tell you that, that we were well-nourished. We were well-nourished. And what this passage is saying here is that the good shepherd, he feeds our spirits. He feeds our souls so that we grow in him. He provides for us. He provides for us. Like a mother would cook a meal for her family and like you've done a thousand times. And maybe no one even sitting in that room can remember one of the meals. Over. Maybe they can remember one of the meals, but they would never be able to write down the whole menu for the past two months, each day, each meal. And mom has fed you, and you're alive. I can tell you that our God feeds us. And our good shepherd, he gives us good food. We can grow and spiritually get strong in our faith. Yeah, he provides. He provides physically. But even more importantly, he provides for our spirits. And you might be down right now, and it might not be the fact that you haven't been eating the Word or the Spirit of God, and you're just in a blue time, and you need to break away and maybe connect with, if you're a mom and you've got little children, or well, zero to 18, you need to connect in one of those Zooms to fill back up, to drink from the well. Let the mama... Right? Mama lambs, sheep, get together. And then drink from the wells of God. Eat from the hills of God to grow strong. That's what he does. That's what he does. It's that spirit. Another thing is this, he restores. You look at verse 3, the last part of, or the, Verse 3 of 23, and look what it says. It says, He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Restoration. I know David, as a, as a shepherd, knew that he had to restore some lambs. One would step in a hole and break its leg. He'd have to put a splint on that leg and carry that lamb over his shoulders feed that lamb himself pick up the grass take it to the water get to restore the, the lambs that maybe they got off and, and ended up falling down a, a hill or over a small cliff and they were injured he'd have to go down and rescue and restore them back into the flock of God or should I say the flock of that shepherd his flock but that's what God, yeah, we, he physically heals and he physically restores. But I want you to know that what this says is he restores my soul. We drift and we wander and 
We get caught up in things. We get distant from the flock of God at times. And I'm just an under shepherd. I'm one of the shepherd dogs, but God has called me to feed the sheep. And I take it very seriously. And, and there are times when, when we, need, we need this restoration to take place because you know what? We were tempted and tempted and tempted and tempted and tempted and finally we followed that temptation that led to sin and then we had, we were broken. We broke our legs. It brought, it damaged us. We became injured. We were beat up by it. We were in the jaws of a lion. And we just cry out to the shepherd. And I can tell you, that shepherd comes, he grabs and, and he'll, he'll fight our good shepherd, grabs us and pulls us back. And then he's there to restore us. Bind up those wounds. Brokenness. Carries us. Like the shepherd carries the lamb until we can get back on our feet again. He's a restoring shepherd. There are times, Mom, I know you're out there, and I know some of you today, your heart is absolutely broken. Your, your heart is broken. And some of you out there today, you know what it means to restore and you've you've gone after your children your son your daughter you've gone to the places where they've been and 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 you've you've pulled them back i can't tell you how many times my mom had to come and maybe pick us up me and my my older brother times when we we were in the trunk of a car because our friends couldn't even get us into the seats of the car and they put us in the trunk because we were literally just about passed out and I, being pulled out waking up my mother's face and she's pulling us out of the trunk and to restore us that's a mother your kids fail I can tell you that our God, he's a, he restores my soul. David knew that very well. Psalm 50, 51, David was repenting of the sin. He cried out and he said, cleanse me, 51, 7 of Psalms, cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear the joy of gladness. Let the bones of Christ rejoice. Hide your face from my sin. Blot out all my iniquity and create in me a pure heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Cast me not from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. That's our God. That's what moms have done again and again and again and again and again. And I can tell you that that same spirit, that spirit has come from a living God that is a restoring God. That he'll hunt you down. That he'll leave the 99 because there's one out there wandering. He's going after them. 
He's going to restore. He's going to bind up the wounds. When your heart has been broken, when you, your heart has been crushed and a relationship has fallen apart, I can tell you that He's a restoring God. That He restores. He restores. Oh, our God. He's my shepherd. He's yours. He's our provider. He provides. He's our restorer. And our God guides. Right? He restores my soul and guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah, David. David knew that when he would lead sheep that there was a well-worn path. Other shepherds and sheep had traveled that path and he himself probably had taken those sheep down that path many times in different seasons, even different years. But sheep didn't always stay on the path. And so he was there with that staff and he'd have to pull them in. He'd be walking ahead and they knew that he was going to lead and, and he would be walking ahead and when one would get out, he'd pull them in. He'd nudge him over. When one would get a little too far to the edge of the cliff, he would nudge him over. When one would get a little too close to the water that was moving so fast, he'd nudge him over. I can tell you that our God does the same thing. That our God, he leads us. Our shepherd, just like a mother leads her sheep, like a duck leads her little ducklings as they follow her, whether it's on the grass in the Boston Commons or into the water there over at the Commons Pond, right? The duck pond. Those that that our God, a mother leads her her chicks, her little her her flock, and so God leads us too. All we gotta do is follow. Trust him. What does it tell us? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all of your ways, and He will guide your path. That's our shepherd. That's our shepherd. Oh, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. He's my shepherd. He's your shepherd. Can I tell you something? You're his favorite. So am I. And he's going to provide. He's going to make the best meal that is appropriate for each one of us. From his word, he'll use the under shepherd or the barking of that shepherd dog. (laughs) But he's going to give us all what we need. He's my shepherd. I shall not want. He's a God that's going to restore when I have failed and you have failed. And I can tell you, if you look to people, if you look to a wife or you look to a, your husband or you look to your friends or you look to a church or even a, a pastor or the you look to people, you look to your employer, you look to Christians and look up to them and put them in the place of the good shepherd, the shepherd of God, you will always be disappointed. Because he can't satisfy. She can't satisfy. But if you'll look to the good shepherd, 
You'll lack nothing. You shall not want. He's a good shepherd. He's our God. He's not just the one that created everything and walked away. He created everything for his glory, including ourselves. He created us to have a relationship with him. And it's not that he has to lead us and he, he has this addiction and no. He wants to have relationship with us. He wants us to walk after him and follow him. It's the safest place we could ever possibly be. We'll lack nothing there. I shall not want there. Is he your shepherd today? Is he your shepherd? Make him your shepherd. And if he is, may you rejoice, may you sing, may you celebrate. May your faith be confirmed and affirmed. May you walk with confidence. He's my shepherd. I shall not want. Makes me lie down in green pastures. Leads me beside still waters. Restores my soul. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I feel no evil. For you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. And my cup, it overflows. And surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's my good shepherd. Is he yours? Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this day. And thank you, Lord, for all of the moms and all of the women all of the many people that have women that have spoken into the lives of so many people and they've led and they've guided and lord they've wrapped their arms around not just their their own family but they've wrapped their arms around their nieces and nephews and younger people and they've been mothers to them thank you lord And thank you, Lord, that you put them in our lives. And Lord, today we bless them with all of our hearts. And we celebrate them today. Those that have gone on are in your presence today and those that are walking on the face of this earth now. Thank you for them, Lord. And thank you, Lord, that they're a representative of you. Oh, yeah.
You're my shepherd, my provider. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're the one that restores. Thank you, Lord. And you're the one that guides. Thank you, Lord. If you need him today, just invite him into your heart. And just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I'm yours. Thank you. God, may you go with us. May we go with you. And Lord, may you lead. We'll follow. We're the sheep of your pasture. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I lack nothing. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Happy Mother's Day to all of you. Enjoy it. Walk safely. Have fun. But make sure that you continue. to stay safe even as the doors of our world begin to open up use your head ask God for wisdom